Well, guess who Joe Biden is considering appointing as his new attorney general? We'll tell you coming up, plus new details linking Joe Biden to Hunter Biden's business dealings with China, corrupt business dealings. We'll tell you about a new email that has surfaced. Okay, so the Supreme Court, Trump's chances of regaining or of staying with the president are dwindling. The chances are decreasing here as the Supreme Court has rejected yet another lawsuit, the lawsuit that was brought by the state of Texas against the other states and the Supreme Court, despite five conservative justices, has rejected this case. So that tells you where these supposedly, not supposedly, they are conservative, but these Supreme Court justices stand on these lawsuits here to try to overturn the election results. And again, pretty much every justice rejected this case for one reason or another. Basically, what the court said is that Texas does not have the legal standing to file a lawsuit against the other states. We're talking about, you know, Pennsylvania, Georgia, who ruled, uh, who, who certified their results in favor of Biden. Texas sued, saying you're violating our rights to vote for the president that we want because you cheated. And the Supreme Court says that Texas did not demonstrate, here's a quote, did not demonstrate a judicially cognizable interest in the manner in which another state conducts its elections. So whatever that mumbo jumbo means, basically they're saying it's none of Texas's business how Pennsylvania and Michigan conduct their elections. Now, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't understand it because how can you tell me it's not Texas's business and other states' business that voted for Trump in a fair way and then uh, these other states allegedly cheat? How can you tell me? You could tell me, you know, that they can't overturn the, the results for some other reason, but they're basically saying, well, Texas, they don't have a standing because they have not demonstrated an interest in the manner in which these other states conduct their elections. Well, sure, they do have an interest. Meanwhile, even Justice Alito and Clarence Thomas, they have said that they would never reject. They didn't agree with rejecting the case because they believe the court does not have the right to reject any lawsuit between one state to another. So they said they actually would have heard the case. They wouldn't have rejected it, dismissed it. However, they say they would not have done Texas's request. Texas requested that they set aside the 62 electoral votes for Biden pending the resolution of this case. Those four states, I believe, are Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, and Arizona. So even Thomas and Alito, who said they would have heard the case, they still say they would not have ruled in favor of Texas, at least their short-term request of, please put aside these 62 electoral votes, which obviously would be a game changer. All right, so meanwhile, what are the other options here for Trump? I'm not sure in terms of overturning the election, but uh, as I said, getting slimmer and slimmer. Meanwhile, Time Magazine's Person of the Year. I mean, this is so disgraceful. Time Magazine has announced their Person of the Year, and it's Biden and Harris. Biden, it's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Now, come on, that itself, it's, you know, the, the, the political correctness there where, why why can't it just be Joe Biden? Why does it have to be, I, I disagree with the whole thing, obviously, as I'm going to explain here, as you can imagine, but what does Harris have to do with anything? Because they, they to them, Kamala Harris, you know, they all know, we all know that uh, she's going to be the real president here. And Joe Biden is nothing more than a figurehead. But they've done nothing. Even if you tell me, well, they won the election, they're hoping that, you know, they're going to help with, with, with the pandemic. Biden and Harris have done nothing. We're talking about person of the year for 2020. How can they be person of the year for 2020? How can Biden and Harris be person of the year for 2020 and you ignore COVID-19? And Time Magazine has said many times, person of the year is not a positive thing or a negative thing. It's the thing that had the most influence, the person or thing that had the most influence on the year. And the year 2020 is synonymous with COVID-19 and the pandemic. Obviously not in a good way, not in a positive way. But you're choosing Biden and Harris. You're totally ignoring by far the biggest story, the thing that has had the biggest impact 
on the year because it's all political, because it's all political. Of course, it's going to be Biden and Harris because this to the Democrats, to the mainstream media, to Time magazine, this is the only story that they care about. How can it not be the person of the year, not be the frontline health care workers? How can the person of the year not somehow be related to all these people who have courageously and bravely helped fight this horrific, horrific virus? Many front, many healthcare. how many health care workers got sick? How many health care workers passed away because of this horrific pandemic? Time magazine, once again, showing how despicable they are. Yeah, all right. So I want to make a very clear point. You know, my son was telling me, my son said, let's let's look for to 2024 for a minute. And look, 2024, I don't want to make everything about 2024 right now, because obviously there's some time here between now and then. But my son made the following point. He said, maybe somebody else should run because we know that President Trump, at least right now, he's pinning his hopes on 2024 on running again, which would be fascinating. And I think he'll win hands down. You know, no, no it just not even a con- no contest, but against, you know, Rubio, Christie, whoever else decides to run. But uh, my son made the point. Listen, let it be Mike Pence. You know, let it be somebody who has the same values as Trump, somebody who will support the same policies, but not as divisive. And by the way, what about Don Jr.? I'm all for John Don Jr. in 2024. But somebody like Pence, the media won't treat him as viciously, as nasty as they they treat President Trump, you know, because he's not as divisive. He's, he's not as nasty and mean with the tweets, etc. You know, he doesn't have the same type of personality. Trump, obviously, as we know, has a very strong personality and is very divisive. So the media won't treat Pence the same way they treated Trump, as an example. You know, so is that going to be the, uh, the, 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 the mindset here, the approach? And I want to make a very important point. I explained that I do not agree. I understand the logic. I understand the reasoning and theory. But I, I completely, there's a flaw in the logic that I explained to my son. I think you heard my point. Number one, the media has always been vicious against conservatives. Don't buy into this false, fake narrative. Oh, it's because of Trump. The reason that the media is so nasty to Trump, it's because Trump himself, he's so vicious and he's so mean and he's so negative and he's so divided. No, 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 it's not true. They did it to Bush. Uh, Look, maybe not to the same extreme. You could tell me that. They did it to Bush. I mean, they demonized Bush. They vilified him. They did it to Cheney for sure. They basically accused Dick Cheney of being a war criminal. They did it to Romney, even to McCain, even John McCain, who they act now as like he's all friendly and he's the person they like. He's the moderate and he reaches out across the. No, 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 no. In 2008, the media was vicious against John McCain. And the way he responded, by the way, was just by caving in and being all polite and gentle and giving him almost no chance to win. Not that he had a chance anyway, because Obama was too strong, too charismatic, too popular. But they did. They do this to all conservatives. So, yeah, I understand they don't do it as they don't go to the same extreme as they do with Trump, but they do it to them all. And they're going to do it to Pence. Number two, if Pence is associated with Trump, which obviously he is, any of these Republicans now, whether it's Lindsey Graham, whoever it may be, they're associated with Trump. Even Ted Cruz, for that matter. Even Chris Christie was is a, is, is a strong ally of Trump, even though he criticizes him a lot. So, so they'll do it to anybody, maybe not Romney, because now suddenly they're all best buddies with Romney, who they were vicious against in 2012. But, but Romney takes on Trump, so the media suddenly likes him. Although they wouldn't. Even Romney, by the way. They'd quickly forget that. Trust me. But uh, so, so anyone associated with Trump is going to get the same Trump treatment. And look at what they've done to all of Trump's allies. Look at Michael Flynn. And look at Michael Flynn. And then number three, the most important, is that if you believe, well, Pence has the same values as Trump, he's going to get things done like Trump got things done, it's not going to happen. It's not true. Trump has done things. Trump is courage is courageous. 
Trump, he has very thick skin. And even Trump, it's been difficult because they've they've been so nasty to him and his family. They've really destroyed his family. But, uh, you know, he I, even he said he didn't expect it to be this bad. But Trump is able to do the right thing, and he doesn't care about how they're going to respond. He doesn't care about the fact that he's going to get at- attacked and he's going to get destroyed. He does it anyway. But the next person, nobody has that kind of courage. Nobody has that kind of resolve. And I'll give you some, because the media and the Democrats, they're in cahoots right now to make Republicans look like monsters, to basically pressure and force and shame every politician into doing their bidding. If they need something done, they want they want open borders. You know, they want um, uh, redistribution of wealth. They want Iran to be a strong nuclear power. So the, the, the way they do do that is they they force these politicians they basically tell you know threaten the politicians to, to to ruin their lives and trump's the only person who can resist that and it works i'll give you an example the embassy move the embassy move is going to go down in history as like one of the biggest most historic moves ever made by a president it literally has boosted israel turned israel into a world superpower because it led of course to now dubai and bahrain and all these peace deals it has led to the palestinians basically looking like panhandlers like a bunch of homeless worthless people so president trump what he has done and the embassy move it was symbolic but it was the whole it was the whole package right nobody else had the had the courage to do that i mean look at every president promised they do it bush 8 years refused to do it, even though he he promised that he would do it. It was his campaign promise. So Mike Pence would not have done it. Well, you say, well, now it's done. Yeah, but it has to, the policies have to continue. You understand Biden's going to reverse all of that stuff. He already said he would. Mike Pence would not have had the courage to divert military funds to build a wall. Look how much pressure Trump got. Remember, Trump shut down the government, longest shutdown in history, because that was his way of insisting that a wall be built, and he figured out a way to do it. I never thought, I give him credit, I never thought he'd, he'd figure out a way to build the wall without Congress. He built hundreds of miles of wall. And again, the symbolism there is also very important, in addition to the fact that it has, it has shown to, to dramatically reduce the border crossings, illegal border crossings, drugs cartels, human trafficking, etc. Look at the travel ban. Look at the travel ban. You know, I wanted to look up, do we know... How many fewer ISIS attacks and terror attacks happen on U.S. soil under Trump compared to Obama? Doesn't it seem, remember San Bernardino, remember there were a bunch of um, Muslim radical Islamic terror attacks on U.S. soil under Obama? Remember there was the one in Florida? There have been a bunch. And it certainly seems to me that under Trump, there, there has been a massive decrease. Nobody talks about this. A massive decrease in attacks that are inspired by ISIS and by radical Islam. That's because President Trump Institute imposed a travel ban where they don't allow people from radical Islamic countries into the United States. He fought it in court. Remember, he got, he got so... They, they, they literally... They, they were so nasty against Trump calling him an Islamophobe. I mean, saying such horrifying, horrifying things about him. Nobody else would have done that, and yet it seems to have gotten amazing results. Remember the assassination of Soleimani, al-Baghdadi, now the Iranian scientist, which clearly was directly linked to Trump, even though it was done by Israel and by the Mossad. Trump pulling out of the Iran deal. A lot of presidents would have said they would have promised to do it, and they would have caved and not done it. With the Remain in Mexico policy, pulling out of the UN Human Rights Group, defunding the Palestinians. Nobody, I've been wanting these things to happen for years and years Nobody had the courage until Trump came along. You say to me, well, but now he made it easier for the next guy. No, it's not true. They're going, I'm sorry, but I I really believe this, except for maybe Ted Cruz. My son and I agreed. Ted Ted Cruz is an exception because he has a similar attribute to Trump where he's willing to just, you know, be treated viciously and stand up for what he believes in and, and take it. You know, but Don Jr., as I said, but these politicians, these lifelong politicians, most of them are the same one way or another, and they'll justify it. Well, I don't want my family to suffer. I don't want my friends to suffer. But at the same time, they'll cave in 
to the media mob, to the Democrats, and you know, not um, be true to their own policies and values. All right, NBC News presidential historian Michael Beschloss, he said something, he, he tried to bash Trump, and it turns out he got his facts all wrong, and many conservatives, including Ben Shapiro, pointed out how this historian just completely got his, his history facts totally wrong. And you know what it is? These presidential historians, they literally, they don't care about history. They don't care about facts. They look at history as just another means of bashing Trump. Like everything these people do, it's just all just some other tool they have in their arsenal, another weapon. How am I going to blast Trump? So the facts don't, don't, don't uh, get, let the facts get in their way. Don't uh, confuse these people with the facts. So presidential historian Michael Beschloss, NBC News presidential historian, he tried to compare Trump to Lincoln, but he got his facts totally wrong. He tried to he put out a tweet trying to blast Trump and basically, uh, you know, uh, praise Lincoln, Abe Lincoln, saying Lincoln would never stoop to the level that Trump stooped to when it comes to the media. And yet it turns out, ironically, if you will, that uh, he got it exactly backward. Lincoln was much more vicious to the media, against the media, than Trump ever ever was. So here's the tweet. The tweet was, Abraham Lincoln never told an esteemed reporter, don't talk to me that way. I'm the president of the United States. Don't ever talk to the president that way. So he's referencing a quote by Trump, President Trump against a journalist saying, don't talk to the president that way, standing up basically for his own respect, which he's absolutely correct about, that uh, journalists should treat the president with respect. I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat president, and yet these journalists against Trump, they ju- they are they are totally demeaning and show zero respect. And uh, he's trying to say, Beschloss, Abe Lincoln would never do such a thing. Well, it turns out Abraham Lincoln, he put multiple journalists in prison. Yes, apparently this Beschloss is not aware. Abe Lincoln put multiple journalists in prison, and Abe Lincoln, President Lincoln, shut down 300 newspapers. Okay, so don't tell that to Michael Beschloss. We don't want to spoil his twisted view of things. But, yeah, Lincoln shut down 300 newspapers. And uh, the conser- one cons- Ben Shapiro and many other conservatives who actually are knowledgeable about history, you know, just went to town on Beschloss on Twitter. All right, we have shocking new crime numbers in New York City. And this is according to the NYPD. And uh, this can be directly linked to the policies of Governor Cuomo and of uh, Bill De- Mayor Bill de Blasio, who have just, as we know, have just, just destroyed New York State and New York City. So criminal, there are 90% of people being released from jail. 90%, let me clarify the stat here. 90% of people in New York City ha- who have been arrested on gun charges this year are back on the streets. 90%, almost 90%, almost 90%. Of people arrested, so you have criminals in New York City being released from jail left and right. I, I mean, and uh, part of it is because George Soros has put into place these uh, DAs around the country who ju- they just don't crack down and they just refuse to prosecute these criminals. And part of it is the bail reform law, and then part of it is the Blasio releasing criminals from jail because of co- bl- you know blaming the virus. So. Literally nearly this year, this year, 2020, nearly 90 percent. You can have all these stats now come out about the year 2020. Nearly 90 percent of people arrested on gun charges are back out on the street. 90 percent, nearly nine out of 10 people arrested on gun charges. And that has fueled a shocking spike in shootings. The shootings in New York City this year have left 
more than 1,756 victims, either dead or wounded, as a result of gunshots. That's according to the NYPD. So that's what happens from Democrat policies and, you know, the defund the police movement and getting rid of the disbanding the anti-crime unit. And, of course, under a President Biden, will we see a lot more of that? I know it's I know Biden is federal, but you know that he and his radical left uh, administration, they are going to support defunding the police and they're going to get the pressure from Bernie Sanders and and Ocasio-Cortez. We know it. We know that's going to happen. Joe Biden is considering Andrew Cuomo. Speaking of Andrew Cuomo and Andrew Cuomo's radical liberal policies, Cuomo is considering uh, Biden considering Andrew Cuomo as his attorney general. We know that's something that Andrew Cuomo is desperate to be. And that is Cuomo's reward. That's the reward Cuomo may get for killing thousands of seniors in nursing homes. I mean, uh, by the way, do you know Governor Cuomo has literally won two awards? He's won two awards for his handling of the coronavirus. I mean, could, have you ever heard of anything more twisted and corrupt? Governor Cuomo has won two awards for his handling of the coronavirus, literally for killing his policies, killed thousands and thousands of seniors in nursing homes. We'll never know. It's impossible to know how many lives he's responsible for ending. Governor Cuomo, he won an award, the Ted Kennedy Award for Inspired Leadership. Governor Cuomo won for his leadership in handling the pandemic in New York State. I mean, by the way, Ted Kennedy, he was a horrific person in his own right. So it's it's almost apropos and fitting for Cuomo to win the Ted Kennedy Award. But remember, when the pandemic was at its peak in New York in March and April, Governor Cuomo's health department put out a mandate. They forced nursing homes to take in patients who were who tested positive for the virus. They, 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 they literally forced them. They said, bring them into, they, they literally placed these people. And, and it was a law. They, they absolutely, if they wanted to comply with the law, the nursing homes were forced to accept in coronavirus patients into nursing homes. I mean, what could possibly, could you think of anything more horrific? One nursing home in Queens, that mandate resulted in 30 patients dying within the first month after the mandate was put into effect, many of those deaths were from residents who had not tested positive for the virus prior to that mandate being issued. Now, between March 25th and May 8th, about 6,300 COVID-positive patients were sent to nursing homes. 6,300 between March 25th and May 8th. Eventually, they did rescind that policy, but it was too late at that point. Now, in August... There were, we'll never know. It's, it's impossible to measure because the state refuses to release the real numbers. That's according to the AP, by the way. The AP report says that New York State refuses to release the actual numbers, and the number is probably thousands more, you know, thousands more, thousands higher than the New York State is reporting. But in August, New York State reported about 6,600 nursing home deaths as a result of the virus. The problem is that number, assuming you even believe that number, but that number is a fake number because they only are reporting people who died in nursing homes. They're not. That number does not include anybody who was transferred from a nursing home to a hospital then died in a hospital. Now think about it. Many, many, if not most of the people in these nursing homes contract COVID-19, get sick enough to actually pass away from it. They're going to end up in the hospital. They're not going to leave them in the nursing home. They're going to send them to the hospital to be ventilated, et cetera, to be treated to the ICU. So how many thousands and thousands of, now they don't report, they only report the people who actually died in the nursing home, but they don't report the people who were brought from the nursing home to the hospital died in the hospital. Why don't they report that? Because that would increase the number dramatically. So, of course, they're trying to to bury 
and suppress and hide the real numbers. I mean, think about that. So it's un, it's, it's unimaginable the kind of numbers we're actually talking about. I would venture to say most, you know, 6,300 passed away in the nursing home itself. I would think there are thousands and thousands who actually were brought to hospitals. I would think maybe twice or three times that number or even more. Most people, wouldn't you think, would be brought to the hospital if they're that sick? So, I mean, I mean it, it's just unimaginable and unthinkable. And Governor Cuomo, he's winning awards. Uh, now, Governor Cuomo, by the way, won another award. Uh, so the, the, the other award was an Emmy Award, an international Emmy. Emmy Award is an award they give for television performances. So they gave Cuomo, see, these liberal groups, they're like bending over backward. You know, they're gushing all over themselves to, 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 to give Cuomo awards for how he handled COVID-19. It's, it's really so sickening, right? So an international Emmy, that's something you win for uh, a television um, performance. Now, what television performance are they giving Cuomo this Emmy Award for? It's for his press conferences. They view his press conferences as some sort of sick, twisted form of entertainment. I, I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I wish, like, it, it actually, it hurts to read the words I'm about to read right now, this quote from the Academy president, the president of the Emmy Academy. You know, because the, 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 this shows you how these people view, we're talking about life and death, we're talking about this horrific sickness, we're talking about something that made so many people suffer, and Governor Cuomo himself, the blood on his hands, and this is how they view this as like television entertainment. I, I, I wish it weren't true. I, you know, I almost like, I, I, I almost can't believe such a thing is true, but, but I'll read you the words here. Here's what this man said, Bruce Paisner, the CEO and president of the Emmy Academy, quote, the governor's 111 daily briefings worked so well because he effectively created television shows with characters, plot lines, and stories of success and failure. People around the world tuned in to find out what was going on. New York tough became a symbol of the determination to fight back. Governor Cuomo is like some kind of television hero. This is like entertainment for these people. I mean, this is as sick as it gets. The governor's briefings worked so well because he effectively created television shows with characters, plot lines, and stories of success and failure. Governor Cuomo, if, if, if he had any self-respect and decency, he would reject this award, but he's not going to do that. He's writing a book. He's writing a book about how he won. I mean, he created television shows with characters. That's what it is to these people. It's not life and death. It's not human life. It's not you know, sickness, it's not suffering, they don't care about any of that. It's just their silly, their ridiculous, outrageous agenda, and it's a source of entertainment. And meanwhile, Governor Cuomo, he's killing thousands and thousands of seniors, killing thousands of seniors. How does he How does he live with himself? How does he wake up in the morning? How does he look in the mirror? And uh, to them, he, this is a, a source of entertainment. It's, as I said, new evidence that Joe Biden knew all about Hunter Biden's corrupt business dealings with China, with Burisma, with Ukraine. I mean, come on. Does anybody have any doubt? This is according to the Daily Caller. It's being reported in the Daily Wire and uh, other conservative media outlets because that's the only place you're going to get any real facts nowadays. So according to this report, there's a newly discovered email from Hunter Biden's uh, infamous laptop, and it shows that uh, Joe Biden apparently was well aware of Hunter's business dealings. There's an email that was discovered. The email is dated September 2017. Hunter Biden wrote this email to the manager of an office building where he was going to be having office, leasing office space. Hunter Biden wrote this to Cecilia Browning, the general manager of an office building, asking for keys that were to be made available for the new office mates. So again, Hunter Biden in this email is asking, he's leasing a, a, an office, and he's saying we need keys for the new office mates. Who are the office mates, you wonder? Well, Joe Biden, okay, Jill Biden, 
Jim Biden, James Biden, who's Joe Biden's corrupt brother, the Biden crime family, and Gongwen Dong. Who is Gongwen Dong? You may wonder. The chairman of an investment firm, a Chinese investment firm that was doing business with Hunter Biden. Now, this wasn't just any Chinese investment firm. This was a Chinese investment firm directly linked to the Chinese communist government. They were paying Hunter Biden obscene amounts of money, investing, what, billions of dollars. And by the way, when was that connection made? When Hunter was on Air Force Two. Hunter and Joe Biden took a trip to China on Air Force Two when Joe Biden was still the vice president. And uh, that, and then a couple of weeks later, uh, Hunter Biden secured billions of dollars of investments from this Chinese firm, CEFC. Now that firm is obsolete, by the way. It's out of business. But um, CEFC, this, ch- this uh, Chinese co- company, directly linked to the Chinese communist government. And he actually flew on Air Force Two to make that business connection. But Joe Biden didn't know anything about this. Now it turns out they're office mates because they're sharing an office. Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Jim Biden... And Gongwen Dung, who's the chairman of this investment firm, you cannot, you know, make this stuff up. By the way, John Kerry's stepson, you know, John Kerry's stepson, he was actually a partner with Hunter Biden, and then he resigned uh, earlier this year. That shows you how scandalous, how corrupt this whole situation is. Hunter Biden also requested a sign be made for the office that said the Biden Foundation and Hudson West. Hudson West was CEFC, the U.S. uh, version of U.S. branch of CEFC, this Chinese investment firm. CEFC China Energy was among the largest energy companies in China before it went out of business. CNN says the company aligned itself so closely with the Chinese government that it was hard, often hard to distinguish between the two. So you have this Chinese company directly linked to the communist Chinese government, according to CNN. Uh, it was partnered. That, that, that company is part in partnership with Hunter Biden and office mates with Joe Biden, who is in all likelihood going to be the new president of the United States. But Joe Biden knew nothing about Hunter's business dealings. And Twitter Twitter blocked the story, blocked the story during the election about the Hunter Biden scandal because, hey, it's fake news, according to Twitter. And uh, it's irrelevant anyway, you know, and it's disputed news or whatever nonsense they say when they censor, you know, real news, actual factual news and news that is uh, pro-Trump and pro-conservative and, 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 and anti-Biden. It's not even pro-Trump. I mean, it's just it's just anti-Biden. It's just it's actually actual facts about Hunter Biden. By the way, remember that uh, that picture that surfaced about jo- of Joe Biden golf, playing golf with with one of the heads of Burisma. But Joe Biden, he never met. He, he never discussed Hunter. You know, your son is making bill. You're the vice president. Obama, the Obama administration is warning Joe Biden because they were all worried, Obama staffers, that Joe Biden's son, Hunter, created a massive conflict of interest, massive potential scandal brewing. So Joe Biden gets warning repeatedly again and again. But he never brought up your son's making millions and millions of dollars from a Burisma energy company. He knows nothing about energy. He's making... He's getting billions in investments from China. He knows nothing about investing, by the way. And you never bother. Hey, Hunter, by the way, tell me a little bit about your business dealings. Never happened. All right. Iran has executed a journalist. This journalist was a dissident, was anti the Iran regime, and they've executed him. At least that's what they're reporting. Why? What was his crime? Because they accused him of inciting riots back in 2017. Remember those riots where, I mean, those were very, very violent protests, violent, when I say violent, the violence was done by the IRGC, the violence was done by the Revolutionary Guard, who they were basically beating and gunning down the protesters to suppress these protests, because that's how angry the Iranians have been with the regime, with the Ayatollah. So this this journalist possibly helped incite the riots, we don't even know if that's true, but the Iranians don't care if it's true, because this is how they instill fear, they want to make sure people don't incite riots in Iran. So Iran announced 
uh, last Tuesday that the Supreme Court upheld the death sentence against Ruhollah Zam. He was captured in 2019 after he lived in France in exile. By the way, it's not clear how they actually, the Revolutionary Guard, somehow captured and brought him back to Iran because he was living in exile trying to protect himself because he was was vocally opposed to the regime. His um, Ahmad News feed, whatever that is, had over a million followers, by the way. And Iranian State TV said that Zam was the director of the counter-revolutionary Ahmad News Network, and he was hanged last week. He was the son of a pro-reform cleric. He was given asylum in France in October of 2019. Iran's Revolutionary Guard said it trapped this Ruhollah Zam in a complex operation using intelligence deception. Not clear where it took place, but the reports are that it happened in Iraq. According to a news agency close to the Revolutionary Guards, um, Zam was detained by agents after he traveled to Iraq in September of 2019. Again, I don't know if he willingly traveled to Iraq or maybe they somehow lured him there. I don't know. Uh, the Iranians have accused the U.S. and Saudi Arabia of stoking the unrest, which which is exactly true. I'm, I would think President Trump did stoke the unrest and good for him, but it didn't get far enough. Began in late 2017 as regional protests over economic hardship and then spread nationwide. Officials say 21 people were killed during the protest. Thousands were arrested. That number is not true. We reported hundreds and hundreds of people were um reportedly killed you know by these like international human rights groups they reported hundreds of people killed these international groups are very very liberal and the real number is is easily i would suspect thousands of of protesters were killed and now they go and they execute somebody who they view as one of the leaders of the protest this way they try to intimidate people into not doing this kind of thing again um, the UN, meanwhile, is urging Iran. I mean, this whole thing, it's what I call a dog and pony show. This whole thing is so phony and fake. The UN is urging Iran to stop its nuclear missile program, to stop developing these long range ballistic nuclear capable missiles. Pretty please, Iran. Iran, pretty, pretty please. We're begging you. We're urging you. Come on. Have a heart. What if we ask really nicely? What if we say pretty, 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 please? What if we What if we get down on our knees and beg you? I mean, come on. It, this is such a fake. It's literally just a fake. It's a show. It's a sham. So UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez, he's urging Iran to address concerns that have been raised about its nuclear and ballistic missile programs and begging Iran, urging Iran to comply with the Obama bogus nuclear deal. This is according to the AP. The AP has discovered a, a report that leaked. This was a report that was written by Guterres, the UN Secretary General, UN leader, to the Security Council. And the UN chief expressed regret. Listen to this. Expressed regret that the Trump administration uh, withdrew from the agreement, pulled out of the Obama-Iran nuclear deal. He expressed regret in this report and Guterres regrets the fact that Iran decided to violate the deal, to breach the deal, because, of course, they are developing these centrifuges, which they're not allowed to do. They're enriching uranium to a higher degree than they're allowed to do, and they're stockpiling more uranium than they're allowed. But it's all for civilian, the, the whole Iranian nuclear program. It's just it's for nuclear power, you know, clean energy. I mean, the country's on the brink of collapse, but this is what they're worried about is having, you know, nuclear power to power the country. Civilian, they, they don't want to hurt anybody, even though they pledge that they're going to destroy Countries all the time, genocide. And Twitter doesn't block that, of course, because it's not Trump touting some treatment for COVID. So remember in August, I mean, it, it, it's just you watch this stuff go on and you want to tear your hair out. In August, 
Mike Pompeo notified the UN that the that the United States was invoking a provision of the uh, of the Obama deal restoring UN sanctions. Remember, because the uh, the arms embargo uh, is expiring thanks to Obama or expired already. So Pompeo announced that they are going to re restore sanctions, and this was part of. The nuclear deal and uh, Pompeo cited significant Iranian violations and breaches of the deal and said, quote, the United States will never allow the world's largest state sponsor of terror to freely buy and sell planes, tanks, missiles and other kinds of conventional weapons or have a nuclear weapon. However, the, the other parties, the parties that remain in the deal, remember, the U.S. pulled out. So that so the U.N. and these other countries, they say that Trump has no right to enforce the deal. So they're supposed to be enforced. Basically, Russia, China, the U.K., France and Germany. And the U.N. Security Council, they all say, well, it's illegal for the United States to restore these sanctions, even though the sanctions are part of the deal, part of the treaty, because the U.S. pulled out of the treaty. Well, President Trump and Pompeo are saying, hello, you people are supposed to be enforcing the treaty for the sake of the, of the world. You're refusing to do so because you're just completely caving to Iran doing Iran's bidding. So Trump and Pompeo say, we're going to have to enforce it. No, you're, you can't. It's illegal. So you literally have think about this. You have President Trump and the United States trying to enforce the Obama deal because the Iranians have breached the deal. And it says, therefore, the sanctions should be restored. Trump is saying, we're going to restore the sanctions. And you have all these other countries who are the ones that still have the deal with Iran. They're the ones who are supposed to be enforcing the deal. Not only are they not enforcing it because... They're just worthless. They're just absolute worthless creatures. These companies, these countries. But they're, they, then they're going and saying we're not going to even when, when when the U.S. actually enforces what we're supposed to be doing. We're going to fight the U.S. on it, and we're going to say that what the U.S. is doing is illegal, null and void, and we're not going to support the U.S. in in those sanctions. We're not even asking them to do it. We're just asking them to stand by and just uh, enforce the sanctions that are being done by the U.S., which they're supposed to. Uh, it, it it boggles the mind. And finally. A student in Spokane, Washington, Washington State, uh, had her yearbook picture rejected. What was wrong with her yearbook picture? She was posing with the American flag. Yes, that what that is just, I mean, what a crime, posing with the American flag. So a student in a high school in Spokane, Washington, Lewis and Clark High School, her yearbook picture was rejected. She posed with an American flag draped over her sh shoulders. A statement from the school claims that they're not against what the flag represents. They did this out of respect for the flag. She has a picture posing with the American flag. They they ban it. They ban it from the yearbook. They reject the picture. But we're doing this out of respect for the flag. We're not against the flag. Well, we respect our flag as much as any school in the area. We're concerned that in the photo it was being used as a prop and not being afforded appropriate regard. She has the flag draped around her shoulders. Uh, so they're against the flag, and they ban the flag. And not only do they ban the American flag, but then they tell us, oh, by the way, we're doing this out of respect. No, we have the most respect for the flag. Nobody respects the flag as much as we do. That's why we're banning it. We're banning it out of respect. And this is what's happening. Is things are being so twisted right now. They lie to us. They tell us things that are just horrifying. Then they lie to us and tell us, well, we're really on your side. This is the manipulation tactic, what I call the gaslighting. Think about it. It's so twisted, so warped. It's so corrupt right now. It's Orwellian. We're in favor of the flag. Nobody respects the flag as much as we do. That's why we're going to kneel, because we respect the flag. That's why we're going to ban the flag, because out of respect, she doesn't respect the flag. She wants to show herself off posing with the flag. She's the one disgracing the flag. We respect the flag. And, and, and think about this at least. You know, we, we, we can't stand Trump, because Trump says... Make America great again. Trump says America first. At least give Trump credit because he has exposed the left. The left, they are anti-American. They're not anti-I'll tell you they're anti-Trump. They'll tell you they don't like Trump's tweets. 
They're anti-American. And Trump's motto is American, America first. They despise Trump. Trump's motto is make America great again, keep America great. And they despise Trump for that. So it's not that they're anti-Trump. It's they're anti-America. And uh, it took somebody like President Trump to expose that. All right, that's going to do it for today. And we will see you next time.